Welcome to Financial Discretion Advised. I'm Abram Berkemeyer. I'm Tyler Hafford. Let's cue the music. Hey, thanks everyone for joining in. Uh, today we're going to be discussing Roth conversions, but we brought we brought a guest on to the show today. Um, most of you, I'm sure, are tired of listening just to Abram and I, so we decided to, to reach out and we have uh, Craig Johnkiss with us today. He is the managing partner here at Penobscot Financial Advisors. Uh, Going to bring a little bit of expertise to the Roth conversion conversation. Um, but Craig, why don't you walk us through kind of how you got to where you are today? A little, a little background. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. Excited to be back here on the show. Uh, you guys are doing an awesome job with this stuff. Um, yeah, my background, pretty simple. You know, um, I was one of those kind of rare kids that went to college and knew exactly what he wanted to do and had an interest in this stuff when I was pretty young. So uh, graduated from Orno while I was there. I, I got lucky enough to be linked up with Jim Bradley, my now business partner and our fearless leader here. And, um, you know, really he kind of shepherded me into the industry and, and, and the rest is history. Um, you know, really love doing it and working with clients. So been doing it ever since. I won't, I won't go on too much of a tangent here. Anyone who knows Craig, it was either financial advising or an ice cream truck. And that's, <laughs> that's a discussion for a different podcast, but we're glad that you went financial advising. Uh, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, I love the ice cream truck too, but I gotta say this is better than slinging ice cream and listening to that song every day. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Abram, why don't you start us off with a discussion about what is a Roth IRA? Sure. Yeah. Roth in general. Um, what a Roth IRA is, is an account or any Roth contributions is money that is taxed when you contribute it Yep. Um, or before you contributed it. So essentially it's just a after tax savings vehicle and the Roth component is based on the fact that you get tax-free growth on that. So right. any money you put into, into a Roth IRA or any money you put into say a Roth 401k, when you take that money out, you're not taxed on the amount that you put in because you're already taxed when you put it in um, and you're not taxed on any of the growth, which is a really powerful tool uh, overall. Yeah. And one of the reasons we tag that as one of our favorite financial tools in, in previous podcasts to the contrast of that is your traditional IRA. And this is in, in almost all instances, the way you're using a traditional IRA is you're putting pre-tax money in today and getting your tax break today. Um, that money is going to sit in that account and grow into your retirement. When you take it out, then you'll, you'll handle the taxes. Um, the tax-free growth uh, part of the Roth is so powerful that Roth conversions can be a good strategy to take money out of that, that traditional bucket, uh, traditional IRA bucket, and move it into that tax-free growth bucket. Um, and Craig, you can kind of walk us through why, when does that make sense? What are the strategies behind why you would want to do that? Yeah, definitely. So um, I think with like with a lot of things, finance, um, you know, the first thing I like everyone to know when we're talking about Roth conversions is that, you know, does it make sense? Uh, well, that answer is always kind of, it depends, right. you know, <laughs> we've probably got to run some numbers on it, uh, figure it out. It's, it's, it makes sense for a lot of people in a lot of situations, but not for everybody. Uh, and not only does it depend, but also, um, you know, it can change over time. So if we go into a Roth conversion, um, we've got to know, you know, things like tax rates can change, things like your personal goals and spending can change. 
And it might mean that the conversion that we made wasn't actually a successful one over time. So um, we've got to uh, work with the things that we know, understand there, there are some things that are assumptions, make educated um, decision-making and go from there. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of good reasons why a Roth conversion makes sense. Yeah. And for, for folks listening, you know, the Roth conversion and Craig's talking about tax brackets and, and the reason why we have to pay attention to that. What we're doing in the Roth conversion is taking that money out of the IRA. We're, we're going to take a lump sum out of X amount. We're going to pay taxes on that piece and shift it into the Roth IRA. And knowing what's going on with the tax situation can make a big impact on when it makes sense to start doing these types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Generally, you know, if you talk about some rules of thumbs with, with Roth conversions, generally what you'll read about is, you know, if you're in a lower tax bracket today than you expect to be in the future, um, you know, it can make sense to go ahead and make a conversion because you're not saving much by, um, you know, not converting today. And in the future, you know, you're shielding a lot of taxes by being able to distribute that to you tax-free. Right. Absolutely. Great. And, and there are some, some other reasons why it would make some sense. Uh, I know, you know, your traditional IRA is going to force you to take some money out at some point. You're going to have to make a, what's, what's called a required minimum distribution. Not true in the Roth. Right. So exactly. Yeah. So uh, any pre-tax retirement plan assets generally, um, you know, at age 72 now with the passing of the secure act, you used to be uh, age 71 and a half or 70 and a half. Sorry. Yep. At age 72. Now you need to take required minimum distributions from all pre-tax assets with a Roth IRA. They're not subject to RMD. So you can keep it in there uh, and have that top tax-free compounded growth going on forever and use it as an estate planning tool. You're passing these assets down to your kids. Um, you know, you can allow that tax-free compounding to go through your death, and then they inherit an asset that's actually much more tax-friendly for them as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it when, if if you are passing down money to children and they're in their working career, that could be in their highest earning income years, right. um, and if they inherit something that's pre-tax and have to withdraw that, then they are going to be paying extra income taxes that could move them up in tax brackets and right. things of that nature. Then, then more of your money goes to the to the government and less of it stays in your family. Right. And all of good considerations. So. All right, let's say, all right, the Roth does seem to make some sense for me. This is something, I, a Roth conversion, and this is something I want to do. Rules to that, is it just kind of willy-nilly, I'm going to start shifting money around, or things that we got to be paying attention to yeah. to make that happen? Yeah, sure. One of the great things about the Roth conversion um, is it's pretty flexible and open to use across all demographics. Yeah. Um, you know, there aren't a whole lot of rules that we need to be concerned with. Uh, the first rule is we've got to get the conversion done by December 31st. That is different than making Roth contributions, right. which can be done up until the tax deadline for the prior year. So your Roth conversions, we are on a deadline of year end that we need to do that. Uh, the other big rule with conversions is in order to access the converted principal, not the growth, but the amount that you've converted from traditional in the Roth, you need to wait five years. Otherwise, it's not a qualified distribution and you'll be subject to tax penalties on that if you do so. Which is a big difference from when you're actually making your contributions to the Roth, right? You can always access the principal of the money that you put into that account. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the day after you've done that, if you want to take what you put in, uh, you can do that. 
little different here. Exactly. Make that conversion. You got it. Yeah. So there's there are these five year rules with broths that you always Google about. I think a lot of people tend to switch them up, get them backwards, combine the two, or yeah. not really understand them. But at the end of the day, with broth contributions, the five year rule applies to the growth that occurs in taking that out penalty and tax free. Roth conversion, the five-year rule applies to when you can use the actual converted principle itself. Yeah. So important to keep that in mind when you're thinking about conversions versus Roth contributions. Yeah. And, you know, Abram, I know that you use this a lot in your planning, working with clients. Um, are we limited to how many times we can do this in a year? Is like, you can only do it once. Do we have to take this massive tax bite today? Um, what, are, what are the rules around that? What you know, yeah. how, when can we do this? How, how many times can we do this? Yeah, you can do it as many times as you want throughout the year, as long as it's done before December 31st. Right. Um, so, you know, if you have a Roth conversion plan in place and say the market dives towards the end of the year and you already performed a portion of a Roth conversion earlier in the year, when the market's down, it might be another good time for another portion of a Roth conversion strategy because then you're going to, when that bounces back, you're going to get that bounce back tax-free. Right. Um, so, you know, you do have flexibility with how many times you do it throughout the year, but ultimately you're going to want to stick to the same strategy where, you know, you might have an income tax bracket that you're trying to max out at, um, and taking advantage of that at right. any point throughout the year. But, you know, strategy might, you know, just because something happens in the market or another circumstance changes, doesn't necessarily change your strategy where you're going to always want to try to maximize tax savings by getting that predetermined level of, uh, level of tax bracket that you want to be at by the end of the year. Yeah, which I think is important. And maybe you guys can talk to this. I don't know if your clients, when this comes up in these conversations I'm having, everyone does think it seems it needs to be this one move where we're just going to take this massive tax bite this year to, to convert things into the into the Roth, where the strategy can tend to be, let's take small bites of this apple to get exactly. us to where we need to be. Um, and if, if it takes, you know, six, seven years to accomplish that whole goal, um, then you can do that and just kind of keep yourself, like you said, Abram, underneath that tax bracket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, most of the time I find that clients accumulate more pre-tax assets than they accumulate Roth assets. Right. So when we start talking about Roth conversions, we might already have a big sum of money that's built up in pre-tax assets. And to get that into Roth definitely has to happen in small nibbles over time. Yeah. Otherwise, it's probably just working counterintuitive to the strategy because one big conversions going to drive you up the tax brackets and we're no longer convinced that over the long run you're going to be able to distribute those at better tax brackets than at the rate you converted right. so definitely usually part of it and also because people oftentimes have a lot of money built up in pre-tax assets it's one of the reasons that i like roth conversions and and improving a financial position through roth conversions because we don't know what the future holds today we're sitting here and we do have some known quantities. We know we're in a relatively low tax environment today after TCJA. Right. Uh, we know that we are burdened with a whole lot of debt in this country today, and that there might come a point down the road where one of the ways we need to fund it is through higher tax policy. Right. So giving yourself some flexibility by adding Roth assets to your overall picture so we can deal with those unknowns in the future as they come with the right type of asset, um, that's a huge advantage for a financial planning situation. Yeah. yeah. And that really compounds with required minimum distributions. So once you're later in retirement, you know, if, if they do move tax brackets up and they're making you take money out of your accounts, you know, if you plan for that earlier on by taking Roth 
uh, doing a Roth conversion that can take your pre-tax assets away and help lower your required minimum distributions. That's another way where it can help you. It can benefit you over the long run. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it goes back to the idea of having more control of your financial plan, right? Anything that's giving you a little bit more control on when I'm taking taxes, how much I have to take, those types of things tend to help the plan because you can, you know, you haven't, like you said, there's less unknowns out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this um, can really coordinate with a social security strategy too, because social security, obviously that's going to be more income coming into you. You know, if you've got a strategy where you're retiring at age 65 and you're delaying until age 70, that's five years where you have lower income and you might decide to pay more in income taxes by doing a Roth conversion uh, during that time period while you don't have the social security income coming in, that's going to be taxed to you. So, yeah, exactly. And then the other thing that that benefits you on later is the, the taxability of your social security itself depends on total income and your Medicare premiums depend on total income. So if you go through that conversion during that five-year period, social security kicks in, you might be in a position where now you're showing lower income and Medicare premiums at that time yeah. come lower as a result yeah, too. Down the road. So there's all these little things that you can put on a scale and they can teeter either way where um, you know, performing conversions at the wrong time too can make your Medicare premiums way, way, way too high. So we always <laughs> want to be evaluating what's going on in your current situation today, what we expect for the future, and you know, considering it all. Yeah, and I, I think if you are doing any type of financial planning, whether you're working with someone doing your own, if you're not exploring this or having a conversation of can a Roth conversion benefit me, at least betting that out, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, I, I think it can be a powerful part of the plan. I think it is something to at least venture into and say, is this going to benefit me down the road? Um, because all the little things that you're mentioning can be so powerful for someone's plan and really make a difference yep. um, for someone. I know sometimes we'll run plans for clients and we'll see massive um, improvements in their probability of success just by incorporating a Roth conversion somewhere along the way. So uh, yeah, definitely think that uh, it's worth having that conversation. Now, it is not as easy as saying, all right, my tax brackets are this today, and this is what I think they'll be down the road. We do have to pay taxes. That's money that we probably would have invested uh, instead of paying taxes. Um, that'll factor into the conversation. Amber, I don't know if you want to kind of get actuarial on us and, and sure. talk us about that, but, um, <laughs> but definitely oh, yeah. something. I was sweating there thinking you were going to ask me. And I was like, he's the numbers guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Craig, Craig paid me before the podcast. <laughs> Only easy questions went to Craig. Anything that, that was math had to go to you. <laughs> yeah. It really all comes back to two words and that's just opportunity cost. Um, pretty much every financial planning decision that you make is opportunity cost associated with it, whether it's purchasing a long-term care policy You've got the opportunity cost of if you didn't pay for the premiums and and instead left that invested, um, that you would have a pool of money that could go towards long-term care costs later on. Right. Same thing with with a Roth conversion. You're taking money out of your your overall plan to pay the taxes to the government. You're not getting that money back. That's your opportunity cost. So if you're doing a fifty thousand dollar Roth conversion, and we'll just say there's a twenty percent tax bracket for easy math, you know that's that's ten percent in taxes that you're paying this year. That's your opportunity cost. Yeah. If you left that invested, you know we have to compare the fifth, the say the let's just call it the forty thousand that you get with the Roth conversion, assuming that you paid for it out of your conversion amount, versus the fifty thousand in the pre-tax environment that you would have had if you didn't pay the taxes. Yeah. And that's the level playing field 
because you're accounting for that 10,000 that you're paying in taxes as the opportunity cost. Yeah. Um, you could either lump that in with the original pre-tax balance, <laughs> or if you wanted to keep it off to the side as like a separate calculation, it could be like this extra pool of money so that you can compare and contrast and just make sure that you're really comparing apples to apples. You can't just say, you know, there's that 10,000 in taxes and, you know, I wouldn't have done anything with it anyway. There's always an opportunity cost whether you left it in cash or you had it invested. So right. you need to compare that to, uh, to what you're going to end up with later on. Um, and that's where Roth conversions definitely benefits you if you can leave the money in the Roth for a longer period of time. So, you know, some of the conversations I have with clients and if we're doing Roth conversions and right at the beginning of retirement, say in their sixties is like, you know, think of this money as money that you might be using in your 80s or maybe even you know, longevity if you make it to your 90s. Right. That's the longer time that you have for compound growth to do its work, the more it's going to benefit you over time. Yeah. So uh, that's where the opportunity costs get settled out because now you're getting tax-free compound growth for a longer period. And and Craig, I'll let you kind of talk on this. Abram just hit something. Starting this process in retirement, right? It may not make sense to start your Roth conversion in your higher earning years when you're in this massive tax bracket and doing that. But there's probably some folks that are in retirement thinking, you know, I've never contributed to a Roth. Did I miss out on this? And retirement might be the best time to start this process. Yeah, absolutely can be. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things about retirement is typically there is a decline in income. Abram mentioned earlier alongside that, if you're doing a delay strategy on your social security, there could be a substantial decline in income for a period of time. Right. And it's usually years with lower income where a Roth conversion is most appropriate. So you can perform a Roth conversion at any time. It's never too late. One of the great things too, is if you get past age 59 and a half, if you perform a Roth conversion, the five-year rule is a moot point right? because you're <laughs> already old enough to take out your uh, distributions penalty-free and you can start accessing that capital right away. So absolutely, it can be done in retirement, just like you know every other demographic person need to put some numbers to paper, think about now, think about later, what we know and what we don't know, yep. but definitely can work. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's good. If you are sitting newly retired, looking at tax, you know, your income today saying, Jesus, low, lower than it's ever been you know, in my life. Um, do we think tax brackets are going to go up in the future? I know we talked a little bit on that, but you know, it, there's a good argument on why taxes may increase down the road. Um, so maybe the Roth conversion is something we explore you know, around this time. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all good things to consider. Anything out there that you guys in the planning piece of this think is important to consider? Yeah, I've got one. I think today we position this as something where. Uh, you know, you generally want to convert if you're in a lower tax bracket than you will be in the future. But a lot of times it can even make sense to perform conversions, even if you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in the future than you are today. A lot of different reasons that might occur. Uh, some of those Social Security, Medicare reasons, some of your goals and legacy planning might have something to do with it. So I don't want to position this as something that's only appropriate when you think tax rates are going up, even though that's a big reason. Yeah. And another big thing for me, I'm big on control of assets in a financial planning uh, picture. And Roth assets are always more controllable. You can use principal at any time for any reason. Roth assets give you a few reasons for taking out even earnings prior to age 59 and a half, like first time home buying expenses or college expenses. They're a more flexible tool. We can make more decisions with them when goals change 
without having to eat penalties or taxes or costs. So yeah. even if, if we're on the fence, a lot of times I prefer a conversion. I prefer to have Roth assets. And even sometimes when we're a little in the court of, you know, keep it in pre-tax accounts, sometimes it might make sense just to even out a financial picture to perform some conversions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All, uh, all things I think are worth exploring. It's, it's, um, it can be a powerful tool for folks. And um, it is kind of a, a tough topic, I think. It's not something that just comes up when we did our Thanksgiving podcast. I, you know, I don't get Roth conversion questions all that often because I think it sounds complex and, and kind of a difficult thing to do. But um, reach out to professionals, obviously one way to do it. Um, always on this podcast, we're happy to answer some questions. So if you go on our website, we all have emails. Feel free to shoot us emails. We're happy to kind of to, to address those things or, or kind of give some guidance. Um, the, the last thing I had on the agenda, Abram, we haven't done in a few weeks uh, is the stock pick. I thought we would bring uh, Craig in on this a little bit this, this week and see if he could beat us. I'm sure he could. It's not that difficult. Um, but what, what's, what's, what do you got? What, anything good? Uh, I mean, the talk of the land has been Tesla. I mean, they've just, been on a tear of a run for a long time now so you're thinking that still moves up <laughs> <laughs> i mean what is the time frame of the stock picking game like two weeks podcast. so until the next podcast <laughs> yeah. okay got it so just short enough where it could move up or down 10 or 20 percent uh, <laughs> i mean yeah it's one of those stocks that just seems to you know break all the norms and just not care about any of the new negative, any, any negativity here at all. It's just like, we're going to yep. keep plugging away and keep going up. Yep. All right. So going with Tesla, pulling at my heartstrings. It's always been a favorite of mine. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Roku this week. Uh, I want to remember, r- remind everyone, this is just a game. This is not financial advice. <laughs> this is uh, just some, something fun, but I'm going to go with Roku. And the reason I'm doing that is <clears throat> pre-pandemic, there was a company called Quibi out there and they were going to make these 10 second or not 10 second 10 minute shows for folks who are like in the cities who are going to jump on the subway and they just had 10 minutes and you could watch 10 minutes worth of content and they would break it up and they they thought this would be the thing pandemic hit no one was on the subway anymore this company went bankrupt but what happened is or they're selling themselves roku is buying all of the content that they were putting together and putting it on their own platforms and in a world where content is king and Roku is in everyone's TV, seems like a, an interesting story. So this week I'm going to go with Roku. Nice, nice. So you guys are really leaving Bitcoin up for the grass. I was wondering, <laughs> when he said Tesla, I immediately started thinking I Bitcoin. feel like in this well, game in the last two weeks, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. So you better pick the thing that can definitely go up faster than everything else. And that seems to be Bitcoin. <laughs> but um, I actually have a different one for you today. Uh, I'm going to go with Genworth. Uh, Genworth is an insurance company, uh, one that doesn't necessarily do all that well anymore these days. Um, they've, they've spun off a lot of their divisions, and I, I wouldn't think of them as a good long-term company. Um, but they bounce between like $2 and $5 pretty consistently over the last few years because they're trying to be purchased by China Oceanwide. Gotcha. And uh, just this week, they dropped another like 40% because the deal with China Oceanwide get delayed and kicked down the road always seems to happen. So right now, I think you can buy it. <laughs> And I think when some favorable news comes out about China Oceanwide, 
it'll be going Go back, back up, up again. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. maybe even more than Bitcoin. <laughs> let's you let's hope two that, weeks for good news. Yeah, say, let's, <laughs> let's hope that uh, that happens in about three weeks. All right. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, I want to thank everyone for listening today. I'll kind of throw my little um, tidbit in to anyone. If you're interested in more content that we're putting out, find us on any podcatcher out there, Apple, Google, Spotify. We're on YouTube. Um, so if you are listening to this and you want to just relive it all again in in video, find us on YouTube. Um, yeah, you can see what I look like. You can see what Tyler looks like. You can see what Greg <laughs> looks like. <laughs> we're, we're working on just putting a picture of Abram in there so we don't have to see him live. But, um, awesome. Thank you, Craig, for coming on. This was great. Yeah, really, appreciate it. Um, really great conversation today. And uh, let's next time up. you might even get your own uh, headphones. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. <laughs> let's get out of here. Let's get some ice cream. <laughs> the foregoing content reflects the opinions of Penobscot Financial Advisors and is subject to change at any time without notice. Content provided herein is for informational purposes only and should not be used or construed as investment advice or a recommendation regarding the purchase or sale of any security. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Thank you.